Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins. We've got a great show today. We're talking ambition, and I can't wait to do it. I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and watch this, wait for it, our lead K2 cable park instructor. It's Ooh. Joe White. Thank you for that, Shay. I, I, that's flattering. I I do love, oh my goodness, I do love watching kids get up on a wakeboard for the first time or on water skis for the first time. One of the funnest things is parents being there the first time our kids take their first step, the first time our kids say their first dada or mama, the first time our kid hits a tennis ball with a tennis racket, the first time our kid makes a shot, and yeah, at camp, we get to see a lot of firsts, and those firsts, kids never forget, and we at camp get to be there for those great firsts in their life, and yes, sir, on the cable park, we've seen, I guess, through the years, thousands of kids get up on skis or a wakeboard for their first time. Shay, thank you for reminding me of That's how right. fun that the, is. The first time they shred the gnar, as we call it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the middle of our new series, the Next Generation Leader Series. This is in our wheelhouse. This is what we're all about. It comes from 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Show yourself an example of those who believe. Joe, we happen to recruit a couple great examples to talk ambition today. I'd love for you to introduce them. Shay, great recruiting. Uh, two of our favorite of all of our young Canacook new director series coming up. Great hope for the future around this place. We've had 97 amazing years in our past. Not perfect, but amazing in so many different ways. And today, two of our new up-and-coming generation, Beth Ann Lampley, who oftentimes our co-host on this broadcast today, she's our guest, this charming young lady who everybody has fallen in love with around here, born in Kentucky, but raised in the southern charm of Mississippi. She is the uh, director, along with her buddy, Melissa Houston, another great Southern girl. They direct K-1 Girls. And if you've ever sent a girl to K-1 Girls, you will feel so great, warm and secure going in those gates. My granddaughters loved growing up in K-1 with Beth Ann and Melissa. And so there's other things about Beth Ann that are really great to know. She has actually paraglided through the Alps in Switzerland. That's no amazing. Surprise. She won the McDonald's Color the Weather picture contest in elementary school, ladies and gentlemen. And she is a Memphis Grizzlies big fan. Wow. Pretty exciting. And so Jay Size Love is a big ranging linebacker, played college football at Tulsa University, actually was on a team that beat Notre Dame. Hello. Hello. Come Tulsa. on, Jake. Beat the mighty Mustangs of SMU a couple of times. I'm, I kind of have issues about that, Jake. Uh, he graduated from our Canacook Institute also. We love about Jake. He's got a huge heart. He's a big, strong kid. He's got a huge heart. And he's got a very contagious, warm, genuine smile that just draws you to him. Besides enjoying peanut butter on his pancakes, Shay, there's oh. a lot to like about Jake. No doubt. Jake's leading over at K-Country. 
And uh, I'm sending one of my kids over there. I'm sending some kids over Come to on. K1, too. That's right. With as many kids as we have, we have options. We got K West going on. We don't have room for all oh, of them. Oh, actually, one I have camp. one at K7. Four camps this summer. All of I just realized three. that. Well, I'm in Clay. Here they come. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to direct our camp while I'm driving them all to, to their camps. Guys, we're so excited to have you in here. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're talking about ambition. And this is a topic that I'm passionate about because number one, ambition precedes world change. And, and number two, ambition can both be very healthy and be very unhealthy. And so I think it's an important thing that we talk about and we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives and say, Lord, help me channel this ambition, this energy, and this vision, these dreams, channel it in a way that's going to make a difference in the lives of others. And so that's our conversation today. How is it? I want to start here, Jake. I'm going to kick it off to you. How is it that ambition can be both hurtful and helpful at the same time? Yeah, I love that. For me, that's been something even just getting to walk out. The I've been married for six years now, been a daddy for three. And uh, and I think that's just been a journey that the Lord's been teaching me on. I think Scripture's really clear that God and the way He makes each one of us, the way He makes Shay, Bethann, Joe, He gives each one of us purpose. And, and each one of us wants to be responsible to just fulfill that. But I think in each one of those, I, th- I think it's something that I, even as I was looking back through the word a lot yesterday evening, I think when you see ambition in an unhealthy way, you see the Bible referred to it as selfish ambition. That's right. That it's really quickly ambition becomes not just a purpose, but a self-focused purpose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's when I've just seen myself go from a healthy uh, drive that that lifts up others around me to an unhealthy drive that comes at the expense of others, uh, especially as a dad and a husband. That is so good. B.A., what would you add to that? Yeah, well, just as I think about it, you know, when I was thinking about in Scripture, who is the example of unhealthy ambition? And it is the enemy. It's mm. Satan. He wanted to promote himself over the one true God in that selfish ambition led to his fall from being with um, the father. And, you know, on the other side of that, we have the greatest example of that healthy ambition, which is Jesus, who was fully God, fully man, but humbled himself to carry out the will and the purposes of the father. And so, yeah, it's, it can be um, a tight rope that we walk between leaning into healthy versus um, unhealthy. So I'm excited we're talking about it today. Joe, you, you've been a champion of ambition for as long as I've known you. You, you've lived enough life to get to see some of your own dreams come true and and many, many dreams of others come true. If you were to coach somebody up, like how do you personally manage your ambition in a healthy way? What, how do you go about that? It's a whole lot more fun as a dad and a coach to see others' ambitions come true than see your own come true. Being a father and coaching your kids in football or basketball or gymnastics or whatever is a whole lot more fun seeing your child succeed than it is to see the days when you might have succeeded a little bit. Uh, And likewise, as camp directors, we get a chance to see young leaders, emerging leaders, that's my favorite thing, emerging leaders, next generation leaders, we see them get to succeed in their dreams and their ambitions. I learned this years ago from a mentor, 
uh, Jack Carson, who's just been a champion of that all over the Branson area, to uh, to see the joy of seeing others' dreams come true. Shay, it's the real mark of a mature leader where he gets past watching his own ambitions come true and then getting the greatest joy of his life into seeing other ambitions come true. When Doug Goodwin dreamed up the family camp, oh my goodness, that was just the greatest thing. And he lives in breathing and and watching Shay some of the dreams that you've had in your lifetime to come to fruition, the way you're directing K2 right now through your dreams and your style. And to watch young leaders like Adam Donier, you know, has dreamed up the link here. Now has these three fantastic basketball teams and this awesome, awesome high school grad program. And to watch Keith Chancey dream up the Kanakuk Institute and watch the Lord bless he and Chad and their families, uh, you know, train hundreds and hundreds of future leaders. That is the funnest thing and a more maturing way to measure the success of a leader. That's what makes life fun. Beth Ann, as you work with young leaders, there's plenty of apathy out there. That's right. And, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable. I think especially there's, you know, the social media and technology revolution, I think in, in many ways has dampened us to real life. You know, a lot of our joys and ambitions are played out virtually, you know, whether it's through social media or video games. But when you run a, run along a young leader who has a healthy ambition Describe the value of that. Like, yeah. how do you see them set in the world? What are they worth? Well, it's so fun to see because at, at this point, as we watch our culture, people who live with that healthy ambition, you know, they're set apart. Um, and I love to come alongside someone and believe in them more than they believe in themselves at the moment. And as a camp director, getting to work with hundreds of college staff, I get to be a champion of their dreams and getting to, to walk through with them. Hey, because you're a believer, that means you have the power of the Holy Spirit. So now you're going to have the opportunity to actually do more than you could do on your own through the power um, of the Holy Spirit at work in you. So how can I help you while at camp? Can I give you opportunities? Can I give you a chance to speak or to run an activity or to lead our staff meeting um, today? So I try to look for ways to, to give them those opportunities um, to grow and to um, challenge them. But it is so fun to spur them on. And, and what happens is as they lead with ambition that inspires other people to yes. also want to do that. So really, I think it's a, you know, it's discipleship. It's a, as, as that catches, um, there's a ripple effect that spurs other people to discover, wait, what are the dreams that God has given me and how can I live a life with purpose and do something that matters, not for myself, but for the betterment of the body and the kingdom? Jake, you have an interesting perspective. Before you came on full-time with camp, you were in the business world in Northwest Arkansas, and I'm sure you saw healthy ambition and unhealthy ambition. I'm curious, put a value on a healthy ambition in a business environment. What does that look like? Like, how does it affect the team, the bottom line, the culture? When I've seen healthy ambition, and, and this can be a little bit of Jake's interpretation adding to it, but I think when I see it done well, I've seen two things really stand out. One is those people are very clear on what their goal is, like they're they're focused. And, and I really, especially as we're talking about Christian leaders, I don't think it's 
possible to lead well if you don't know what you're leading to. And so when I've seen really effective leaders that are ambition is just this innate Mm. part of them because they know where they're bringing the people with them. The second thing that I have found that only comes from my faith in Christ. I don't know how people without that fake it, whatever it comes from, it can't manufacture it, but it's this fearlessness. Like I think ambition requires a high aspiration, like you're dreaming big. Yeah. And there is the reality that on a day-to-day level, you're going to stumble. And there just has to be this willingness to say, I'm not going to let the fear of failure or or having to just confront the fact that I'm not perfect keep me from charging full speed ahead. Mm -hmm. So those would be, as I've seen that, you know, those aren't just in the world seen as Christian qualities, but I've just seen Christ fuel when it comes down to the motivation and the ability to walk in this world with the security of uh, my identities in Christ. And therefore I have nothing to fear in this world and I can go do what he made me to do. Well said. Joe, I'm going to come over to you on this one. You know, I think very quickly we established the value of pure ambition versus an unhealthy ambition. And so, Coach, I want to ask you, as as believers and as aspiring leaders, how do we go about, you know, through our intimacy with the Lord, maintaining, establishing, and pursuing selfless ambitions, healthy ambitions? Yeah, Shay, Jesus raises the bar awfully high in the lives of Christ's followers. And when Galatians 5.22 says, boldly, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And Jesus also said, if one wants to be my disciple, he's got to take up his cross daily and follow me. What a challenge to put our flesh to death on a daily basis. And all those who are honest with ourselves know what a challenge that is. But dying to self and living unto Christ, even, even, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 2 Corinthians chapter 12, even at the point of suffering, even at the point of suffering, Sometimes to the point where it feels like death is Christ puts to death our flesh so that, as Paul says, we can boast about our weaknesses. That, here's the great part about daily, 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 young leaders dying to ourselves. Parents, you know who is a mom and dad, you die to yourself every day. But the great part is it burns the, the proper ambition into your heart and puts to death, you know, the self focused ambition, Paul said, I boast about my weaknesses, that the power of Christ might live in me. So the more I die to selfish ambition, the more Christ lives through a healthy ambition. Beth, Ann, and Jake, I want to give both of you an opportunity to speak into this. So as Joe said, through intimacy with the Lord, God can reorient or redirect our ambitions, you know, as we walk with him? What are some just personal uh, stories or growth that you've had in the past in regard to some of your own personal journey? Yeah, I think like prayer and intimacy with the Spirit is so important because when we neglect to lean in there, to stop, to pause, to, to pray, to seek the Lord, then I can find myself getting caught in that mentality 
of I am so driven by wanting to succeed in wanting the praise of men over the praise of God and, and doing things for God's glory. And so when I start running hard and I start kind of prioritizing that approval of man over approval of God, I just have to ask that the Holy Spirit would would help me to be quick to be convicted of that and to come back um, into prayer and say, okay, Lord, is this what you want me to do? How do you want me to continue? What's the next step? How can I um, put you first in this? And just remember that anything that you're giving me the ability to do, it all comes from you. It's all for you. It's not about me. And so for me, it's like this it's this continual evaluation and like recalibrating mm-hmm. of my heart um, because it's so easy to get caught in, man, I want to succeed. I want people to be proud of me. I want accolades. But in the end, it's like that that doesn't matter. I love in 1 Thessalonians 4.11, it says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and work with your hands. Wow. Like that is what is it that make that your ambition. So don't don't make it this ambition to have the praise of men and to be the best and to have the most. It's not about that, but it's about, you know, following that leading of the of the Holy Spirit and, and what gifts has God given you to steward for the purpose of his glory, of his kingdom. So so much I just have to remind myself, it's not about me. Yeah, I love that. I think what I would add is as I've um Gosh, I so I just turned 30, March 10th, and it's funny even looking back being like, I just feel like I've learned so much, and yet I feel like I have yet to accomplish anything great in my life. But I think what I've watched the Lord teach me in each step uh, as I pursue things is, and this is a little bit of a warning, it's, it's, it is very easy to start with a God-focused dream and then in the day-to-day forget that. Yeah. Uh, wow. And and I love I just I I don't think this verse would pop out as applying to this podcast, but Romans 12:2, do not be conformed to this world. So don't don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I I love the word renew because it's like every day remember remember to renew and recommit to who this is about. If you forget the who this is about, uh, that's when the selfish ambition kicks in. Any God-given desire can quickly become a selfish ambition when it becomes mm-hmm. about you. And that's like, that's just a daily battle. Hey listeners, Shay Robbins here. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd like to personally ask you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. With your help, we can continue to reach more listeners. We're excited to hear from you Please send questions to our team for a special audience Q&A recording in the future. Additionally, we're also interested to hear your suggestions for guests and topics. Send your questions and suggestions to podcast at canacuck.com. And now back to the show. Just from a personal, this is a, I realize a bigger story, but for me, we and my wife and I had to walk through losing our, our baby boy named Bo about two summers ago. So he was born on June 5th, lived a very healthy six weeks, and then very surprisingly, just kind of unexpectedly died from a heart failure issue. And I remember the Lord just, uh, one, just being broken and on my knees, but I also remember having to confront the reality of death and, and really confronting what does it look like for me to honor my son's life and what does it look like for me to honor my Savior's life? 
and I just got to see clearly <laughs> the the who I was doing things for was not God at that time in my life. Like I was showing up to work and I, I really felt like I was loving people and being faithful, but the what my ambition had become was no longer about the Lord. I kind of, this is ridiculous, but I kind of remember, I feel like everyone can kind of picture the, the character in movies where you have the dad who's just kind of on the phone talking work all the time. Mm. Like no one likes that dad in the movies. Mm. And I could just see, I was like, I am, I'm way closer to being that dad right now than being the loving husband, loving dad that I wanted to be since day one. And so mm. there have just been those moments. I feel like when the Lord has brought me to intimacy with him, but also just confronting eternity. When I'm focused on on that and, and being in his presence, uh, it sobers me a lot to the, what am I doing this for? And uh, and that's just been how that's personally hit me in the last Jake, you were selected uh, to be uh, the assistant, full-time assistant mm-hmm. uh, to our executive director, who's got a lot of hats to wear hmm. in the summertime. So your job, like Beth Ann's, is you know, maybe called assistant director, but you guys are on the ground all the time. You were selected from a lot of candidates, and, you know, you were very skilled, and you had a, you know, thriving, uprising career. Did that moment uh, of dying uh, that day when you said goodbye to your son, did that have much to do with you leaving the business world and hmm. coming into the environment of camping for the rest of your life? On one end, it's when people ask, what helped you make this decision? Bo would be at the front and center. But I also try to clarify that doesn't, I still am just, if God called me back in the business world, like I loved it. And there is 100% the opportunity to have healthy ambition in the business world. I think what it did for me, because camp, you know, about a year later, camp called and that conversation started the idea of coming up here to work. And I just... Hebrews 12 has been big for my wife and I, that Bo is in heaven with these cloud of witnesses. He's not in the grave saying, I miss you, mom and dad, but he's watching mom and dad run the race. And he's saying, go, like run. And Emily and I just looked at each other and we we aligned on the fact that the best place for mom and dad to just run and fix our eyes on him as the author and perfecter of our faith is camp. And so do I think we would be at camp if my son hadn't passed away? The answer would be no, I I don't think we would be. Jake, one of the things you mentioned, you said, I turned 30 years old and I don't feel like I've accomplished anything great. Happy and birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, self. No, but honestly, I'm looking at both you and Beth Ann, and I don't know how you would uh, frame that up, Beth Ann, but I'd say you guys are both of similar age, which is young, you're young leaders. But I look at both of you and I think to myself, like these two have accomplished great things, like mighty, amazing things. And and there's a lot of reasons to say that, but specifically the way both of you have walked through loss in your life is, it's like, you brought up Hebrews 12. I'm thinking Hebrews 11, like hall of fame, massive displays of faith. And so, man, I just... I say that in hopes of encouraging you that you both are tremendously special young leaders who have accomplished a great deal. Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot one over to you. This is kind of a fun topic for us. So 
Ambition can change the world, but there's a huge gap between ambition and a goal being realized. And and you're a guy who has run all the way from an ambition, a dream, to dreams being realized many times over, probably more than most people ever do in a lifetime. What is it that stands between a young leader's great ambitions and those ambitions becoming dreams realized? How do you get from here to there? Chef, we've said a couple of times on this broadcast, and as Jake brought out so well, it's a daily decision to die to ourselves. It's a daily decision to, as we say on the K2 football field, as we build young, aspiring, ambitious, Christ-focused leaders on our K2 football field, our slogan is ATTGG, all to the glory of God, which I learned from one of our campers actually named Ryder Kerr years ago. And as we instill in our young leaders, our young aspiring leaders, both teenagers, collegiate and postgraduate, if we ATTGG, <laughs> what am I doing this for? ATTGG. Why do I want this dream to come true? ATTGG. And we daily, second by second, minute by minute, burn that into our lives that our job is to dream God's dreams. Our job is to get excited when God's dreams come true. Our job as dads and as young leaders is to get excited when our children's dreams come true. As we keep focusing on God's dreams, kids' dreams, God's dreams, players' dreams, then uh, the dream accomplished will be a whole lot more exciting than if, quote, our dream uh, got accomplished. Beth Ann, I'm going to send one over on this as well. Every summer we prepare for, and you've prepared for for plenty, it seems like a God-sized dream. Yeah. Right? I mean, just getting all the staff hired. Absolutely. And getting the kids in their bunks and getting the six-year-old's shoes tied. And like, it's just such a massive endeavor. And so in some ways we live a seasonal life, which is fun because you you get to start at the beginning and yeah. there's a finish line. Right. Talk about what it takes to achieve that holy ambition. Yeah. Man, a lot of faith. Um, you know, even as we're at looking at this summer, we've got some some gaps and some holes, and it's just that day like, okay, Lord, I, I'm re-entrusting this ship to you because it it belongs um, it belongs to you. But um, you know, as believers, we don't just hope and pray that you know everything gets done and that God provides all of our needs and just throws it in our lap. But we've got to go, get up every morning, mm-hmm. and we've got to run. Like I've got to pursue people. And so, you know, I was praying yesterday, God, would you send me some staff? Got a text last night from a girl. Hey, totally. This girl just came to mind. You know, is there still time? I'm like, yes, email me, you know, right now. And that means, you know, taking that next step, setting up that interview. And so I think we can't just sit back and hope that great things happen. We have to take that next step and we have to keep moving forward. And so, um, you know, there's those components of faith and prayer and, and trusting the Lord. And um, But then there's also taking the actions of um, doing everything you can on this side to be prepared. Um, for me, I like to think through I, I, there's a big mental game that comes with camp. So camp is very physical and we're outside and we're, um, we're working physically, but it's also very much a mental, um, it's mental, it's physical, it's all the things, but there's this mental workout of thinking through 
all the logistics and um, who's going to be a lifeguard and who's running the zip line. And so, you know, for me, it just looks like to be successful and to continue on, it's making the list. What needs to happen today? I, I don't have to be worried about all the next 100 days of camp, but what needs to get done today? And, and how can I get that accomplished with the resources that God has given me through a team? And so, yeah, it takes a lot, but God's been so faithful, so good to us. So this reminds me of one of my favorite Keith Chancey stories. And the story goes, he met this young guy in a restaurant down in Dallas and he shakes his hand and he's got a gorilla grip and cauliflower ears, clearly he was a wrestler. And so Chancey begins, you know, just peppering him with questions about oh, his yeah. wrestling career. And uh, this young guy, he's a pretty humble guy, was real slow to come out with any details, but he continued asking him, he said, you know, uh, ask him about his high school career. And the more he pressed, he found out that he was a state champion in high school. Chancey continues to press about his college career, finds out not only did he wrestle in college, he also won a national championship, continues pressing him. Not only did he win a national championship, he wrestled in the Olympics and won a gold medal for the United States of America. Of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> and his name is Brandon Slay. <laughs> and Chancey asks Brandon if, uh, if he could see his gold medal. And so uh, Brandon brings Chancey back to his apartment and they go back in his bedroom in this humble apartment and he opens up his sock drawer and reaches in the back of his drawer and he pulls out a sock mm. and out of it, he drops a gold medal and he puts it in Chancey's hands. And Chancey says he's holding the gold medal. And he asked Brandon, he said, how did you become the best in the world? And he said, well, a good wrestler will set out and they'll set to win the period. So in a wrestling match, there's three periods. They set out first period. They give everything I've got to win the first period. That's all I'm worried about. And when the second period comes, you flip the switch. I'm going to give everything I got to win the second period and so on. He said, well, the way you become a great wrestler is you begin to break down the match by the minute. So in high school, it's a couple minutes per period. And so it's for the next 60 seconds, I'm going to give all I've got to win this minute. And then when the minute turns over, minute number two, you flip the switch. Okay, I'm going to give everything I've got to win the next 60 seconds and so on. And he said, the way that I became the best in the world is I began to break down my matches by the second. I'm going to win this second. I'm going to win this second. I'm going to win this second. And what I love about that story is it is a massive ambition behind a tremendous focus on faithfulness, like a microscopic focus on faithfulness. And what that does for me is it, it makes the impossible possible. It's like standing at the bottom of Mount Everest and you're thinking, how will I ever get to the top of this thing? Well, you put your head down and you put one foot in front of the other, right? We can take one step at a time. And, and for me, that's like the key. And there's humility in that too. You know, it's like, <laughs> Absolutely. no matter how big the dream is, you put your head down and you start grinding one step at a time. Next thing you know, you look up and you'll say, oh, by golly, I'm a third of the way up. Well, guess what you do right there? Put your nose back down and you put one Take foot in front step. of the other. So Joe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it off to you. you. You are truly one of the greatest examples of a guy who lives life second to second. I'm going to win this second. I'm going to win this second. What do you got 
for us walking out of this conversation on ambition today? Shay, one of uh, Michael W. Smith's great hits uh, over his lifetime. He's had so many, but it was a song they made an awesome video on called Secret Ambition. And he talked about Christ's secret ambition. And the theme of the song is his secret ambition was to give his life away. And it comes from a verse like John 3, 17, where he said, the Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be safe through him. And we get a chance as young aspiring leaders, parents, <laughs> we get a chance to pick up that baton and to be that to our children, to pick up that baton for kids. I was so blessed right out of college to get thrust into uh, the, the arena of college football, coaching at Texas A&M. They gave me the second team defensive line, which I'll forever be thankful for, because it became not just an ambition, but a passion of mine to find the second team in life, the the hurting, the ones who'd been overlooked in life, and to do everything I could. And it just became a, a wood-burned ambition in my heart to help the hurting, the lost, the hungry, to to achieve you know some level of, of success in their life. And then we were blessed that year to begin a Young Life Club in College Station, Texas. And I'll never forget, Shay, how the Lord burned in my heart as a young professional who didn't have a clue about anything, really, to, to have this burning ambition to see lost kids uh, give their hearts to Jesus. And then we came up to Branson and started another Young Life Club, and we had dozens and dozens of lost, hurting kids come to our Young Life Clubs. And again, it just became our passion, our ambition of our life to see lost kids give their hearts to Jesus, and not just so they'd have a secure eternity, but so that those kids would have a life of hope and a life of purpose, and they could put away their drugs and their alcohol and their addictions and follow someone with a great ambition, of course, named Jesus Christ. And then that became the, the secret ambition of Kennecuck, to see lost kids come to the cross and to see lost kids find hope in Jesus. And that's why after 50-some-odd years at this place, I get so excited about summer coming and the 70 days of summer, again, that same ambition, seeing the hurting, seeing the lost, seeing the needy, to give their hearts to Jesus and to be able to walk away from their uh, lives where they think there is no hope and they think about suicide and they think about drugs every day, but to see them exchange that for, for their own ambition to follow Christ and do well in their lives. Indeed, folks, our ambition becomes our focus. Our ambition becomes our purpose. Our ambition becomes our fulfillment. And our ambition becomes our satisfaction. And so you wake up in the morning, and instead of coming out of bed flat-footed, as Chuck Swindoll says, it puts life on your tippy toes and makes every day getting up a thrilling moment in your life. Thank you for that encouragement, Coach. And to Jake and B.A., proud to be in a huddle with you, amazing teammates. We thank you to our friends out in our listening audience. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to leadership and spiritual growth. And with that, we'd love to pray for you. Father, we lift up all the leaders out there. We know that if we're going to follow Jesus, 
we're going to be swimming upstream in a culture that's going against us. And I pray, God, that you would seed holy dreams on our hearts and our minds, things that are worth chasing, and that you'd give us a discerning spirit to know uh, your will rather than our will, and that you'd give us an appetite for your plans and your purposes. And I pray, God, that we might get to go on a great adventure with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Mm-hmm.